Welcome back to another episode of State of the Art, the podcast that sits at the intersection of art and technology. I'm Gabe BC, your host. And uh, if you haven't heard last week's episode with Sophie Kahn, I definitely would recommend time traveling back in time or just hitting backwards on the podcast and listening to her interview. Uh, Really fascinating artist that works with 3D scanning and sculpture. This week, we're going to go into a different uh, realm. It's going to be really interesting for those of you who are artists out there because we have an art collector that's going to be on the podcast. Uh, her name is Dr. Annette Doms. Uh, she's an art collector, an art advisor, an art historian, so she knows what she's talking about. And we talk about digital media art collection and also fine art collection, uh, how to archive and maintain pieces that are performative or websites. So if you've ever been interested in collecting digital art, this is a great episode for you. So uh, with no further ado... Dr. Annette Doms, welcome to the podcast. Thanks to be podcast. So you are an art collector, but how did you start uh, collecting artwork in the first place? Um, the first place, it was uh, 2001. And I, I was interested in photography, like Fee Spears, Torsten Brinkmann, Hans Op de Beek, and also some paintings, some sculptures, but uh, you know, it's it's a development. So it depends on your current living situation, on your surroundings, on your thoughts. And you can imagine that it's completely different today after so many years. And uh, so in, in retrospect, I would say it was pretty mysterious uh, what, I, what I collected first and a kind of copying of childhood, kind of mirror of myself. And uh, this changed completely, of course. And uh, what was the first work that you purchased ever? Like uh, just a traditional piece or a media piece? Um, the first piece ever, I really have to think, um, it was in Mexico, Fee Spears. It was a photography and it, it was, um, a little, a little child, a girl dressed in white clothes with uh, a white uh, dead bunny in the hand. Oh, <laughs> this wow. was my first art piece. So, yeah. What was it about yeah. that piece that spoke to you so much? Uh, yeah, so maybe this kind of uh, <laughs> no self-reflecting. No, I don't know. It's um, it's uh, something 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 behind uh, your the, the psycho. So I don't know. It, it attracted me because it was very um, impressive and it was very touching. There was a interactive with this piece. It's, how long do you usually wait after you see a piece before you purchase it? Like, do you buy it immediately or do you wait a week or a month or a year? Does it have to sit with you? Mm, depends on the work. But uh, what I did uh, once was that I was really attracted by work and was wa- I was waiting for more than one week. And then I called the gallery and... Uh, they said so it's it's sold already and i I was really sad i'm still sad um about this and uh yet today so the more you're looking and the more you're traveling and the more you are observing and seeing so the more secure you can be um in making really a decision in, in buying a book definitely and do you have a relationship with the artists usually that you purchase from is that important to you Mm, yes, it's always better. So <laughs> I know some collectors that they, 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 uh, that really don't know uh, want to know the artist. But uh, for me, it's it's better to have a kind of 
conversation with an artist, uh, yes, but it's not a need. So it depends on the work. It's more the work. The, the work, the content of the work is at the end or at least more important. Have you ever um, <laughs> really liked a work and then met the artist and didn't like the artist and then didn't purchase a work? Mm, not yet, but <laughs> I know some collector's friends uh, who did and they, they uh, sold the art piece afterwards. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it happens yeah, every imagine. day. <laughs> yes. yeah, you're buying sort of a, investing in somebody, right? So. Yes, it's a, a very um, personal thing. Of course, you, you are buying the soul of an artist. Um, what what about price and edition? So obviously, I mean, I assume price matters, <laughs> but uh, does the edition yeah. factor into like if it's the first edition, is that better for you or the last edition? I don't care about uh, editions. Editions for me are a, a market make it uh, instrument to make art pieces more expensive or more attractive because it's always the question for collectors or the traditional how to collect is. Um, to have a unique piece and uh, a piece uh, that is maybe um, limited in, in a small edition so that uh, not the big amount of people can buy it or have it. It's, it's, it's a question of possessing, uh, possessing it and uh, yeah, to be a single person. But um, in terms of uh, digital art or photography or computer-based art, it's against technology. So um for example, video art was was made uh, to to have big editions and um, yeah to be able to share it with a broader public. And uh, I guess that was the gallery market who said so. We need an edition to to make it more expensive. Does that worry you with you know video, especially when you started collecting works that people could reproduce it or put it on the internet um, or you know kind of expand upon the edition? That happened some sometimes. So I have uh, friends. They bought uh, pieces by famous artists as as an expensive edition in a gallery, and then they found it um, in the internet uh, through video, uh, YouTube videos, or downloadable videos. And uh, this this could be very dangerous because. Um, as Alain Servet, a big collector, um, once said, you have to be careful that you don't have an expensive home video that you can use only in your home. And there are thousands of other versions that uh, people can download whenever they, they want. So these kind of rules uh, still have to be discussed. Yeah, especially with media art. And you collect yeah. quite a bit of media art. You're uh, yes, um, as an art historian, so I'm, I'm interested in, in our time. And uh, so I, I started to be interested uh, more and more in, um, yes, yeah, so tools our time has. And what was the first uh, piece <coughs> of media art that you purchased? Uh, it was not uh, really media art. Uh, maybe we have to think about what, what media or digital art really is. So digital art is, um, in definition, it's media art and it it's uh, formal digital and uh, it must be with zeros and ones. But I, I would go further. I, I would say, so if we talk about digital art, it's also... Um, 
also the use of, of the subject the digital or the reflection of the digital revolution. And so the first piece was uh, a painting, indeed, by Richard Orchardson. It, uh, it is a hyper-realistic painting on mouse pad material. And uh, it shows a portrait from David, the survivor in the film 2001, A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. And um, it's a kind of movie still from that moment when David was in conflict with Hall. You remember Hall, the yeah, supercomputer, and um, Hall manipulated and killed the team and became more and more emotional. And uh, so this this work was very impressive to me. And uh, so I, I bought it. That was, I don't know, maybe... 12 years ago or more, something like that. And it's an addition piece as well? <laughs> no, it's a painting, so it's unique. It's, unique it's really piece. a painting, hyper-realistic painting. And yep. so why do you consider it to be a, a digital media work? Because of the subject. Hmm. So it, it wouldn't exist about uh, these digital fantasies by, by Stanley Kubrick. So that that's why it is for me digital. So for me, digital artworks are also analog works. Like the whole post-internet uh, artists group. But you example. also own um, like websites and video installations and all sorts of things. Um, how does one go about collecting a website? Uh, that's very contemporary and uh, progressive for me because uh, if if you own a website, uh, you buy indeed uh, the domain the domain name. So that's what you buy. So you buy a contract and uh, the transfer of a domain name. And uh, you have this, of course, formal um, aspects of, of the artwork, what we are used to see on the on a surface. But you also have uh, the, uh, the source code. And in this source code, you also have the artist name, you have the title, you have the year, you have the the programmer, and you also have uh, the collector's name. So you have all the things you need uh, to be a unique art piece. This is different from editions, because we were talking about editions. And you have uh, this the collector's name, and it is a little bit like uh, if you think back in the Middle Age, there have been the small people who sponsor an art piece uh, in, in paintings, uh, very, very small, and it, it, it's like the same, <laughs> but with, <laughs> with websites. I'm not yeah. sure I understand. So what is the, the Middle Ages analogy? Who are these people? Uh, in the Middle Age, you had um, the the sponsors of artworks um, painted very, very small in, in artworks. Oh, I see. So they would be featured yeah. actually in as subjects in the painting. Yes. And then, so and, in the same way, it's like someone's um, signature, digital signature in the website code. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fascinating. And what, what kind of pieces do you own that are, that are web-based? I have two works by Raphael Rosendahl. The one is um, Popcorn Painting and the other one is EverythingAlwaysEverywhere.com. <laughs> and what is, what is Popcorn Painting? <laughs> Uh, popcorn painting is, uh, yeah, it's popcorn painting. What a question. It's uh, <laughs> white popcorn popping up and on a back um, surface, background. And uh, this popcorn is moving. And uh, this is this is different from a painting, a real painting, for example, that uh, you can move uh, your formal um, aspects in the work. 
and it's in interactive also because uh, you can click on on popcorns on single popcorns on group of popcorns and it's very loud and endless and uh, always different and i have it everywhere in my pockets and on journeys at home so yeah i love it and where did you see this piece for the first time like did you see it on the internet or at a show I saw it first in the internet, yes. And I got to know Raphael Rosendahl through the internet, yes. He has more than 40 million followers on his web pages every year. So every gallery can dream on an amount of followers um, or observers, um, yes. And so when you wanted to buy it, you, you obviously worked with a gallery um, and purchased this work. And what did you get? Like when you gave them the money for this this, uh, this work, what comes back to you? Uh, yeah, I bought it. Actually, I bought it in a gallery. Yes, and I, what I what I got was, um, uh, of course, a bill, but also a contract. And Raphael Rosendahl, he's he's very forward looking. He's uh, thinking about everything, and uh, you can download contracts um, or drafts of contracts on on his web page as well. And um, in this contract, uh, it's pretty clear uh, what you have to do, or so you you duties and um, the rights you have. For example, you can find um, the artist duties. So he has to secure to provide a DVD, for example, with online files for the usage of the page, also files for exhibitions, um, so that the page uh, may work on all devices. Uh, you can find their source codes for future restorations. Uh, then there is the transfer of the domain. So he has to transfer it to you after the purchase. And then you can find uh, collector's duties. So, for example, that you have to share it uh, with the whole world, that you have to go um, with technology means if uh, the browser technology is changing, you have to um, update uh, the, the web page and to migrate migrate the work so to to other devices and and so on so it's it's um, yeah it's it, there's a structure and a progress and it's much more um dialogue based than uh, a normal work what you can hang on the wall yeah it seems like a relationship basically you're starting with this artist oh, yeah that's a good impression <laughs> yeah it's a relationship definitely but uh, a nice relationship <laughs> yeah i mean how how responsible are you for maintaining that work? Is there a certain period of time that the artist is responsible? Or are you immediately responsible to you know, make sure that that website is running all the time? Mm, I am responsible. So uh, until now, nothing happened. There was only once, because the popcornpainting.com work is uh, an early work by Raphael Rosendahl. And what didn't work was uh, that um, I couldn't use it on, on uh, my, my mobile devices and uh, on, on the iPad. It was only working uh, so on your computer. So he, he changed um, the system. <laughs> Don't ask me how he did, but uh, so that he can really run, that it can really run on, on all devices. Hmm, that's interesting. And that's something yeah. that you'll have to change continuing going forward, I imagine, too, you know, as new devices come out. 
Yes, of course. And I'm, I'm responsible for it. Yeah. So <laughs> now it's easy because I can call him and, and ask him for, for that. Um, so in the next generation, uh, if we still have these kind of works, uh, you never know. It's also very ephemeral. Um, yeah, there must be a programmer or some specialist who can do it. And are you limited in the way that you show that work? Could you put it on any device at this point? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm limited. Uh, so uh, there are clear structures where I, I'm allowed to show it. Um, I'm not allowed to reproduce uh, these these images or stills of it um, in, in magazines, for example. So I, I have to ask first. But uh, so the, the web, web page itself, it can be shown uh, everywhere. And what in the in the art world, the larger art world, I would say, what is the opinion of media art these days? Um, is there a bias or a stigma towards it? Uh, it's it's differently. So and it it it's becoming um, wider and wider. So it's it's still pioneer work. Um, the perception is not ready now, like always. If, if, if you look back in history, I'm art historian, you know, um, it's always like that, that people need some, some time and um, new, uh, to perceive new worldviews and to understand new technology. It was all, always like that and it, it will be always like like this it's a repetition of a repetition and um it's the same with with our time today so um we have the digital revolution and we have these kind of works um but digital art it, it exists since the 40s since when the first computer computers were switched on and so i mean it's it's nothing new but still it's not um in common that that we buy digital art there are it's a small group of buyers and very curious buyers and very uh, forward-looking buyers and i guess you could look at other precedents too with video and even photography before right it's people there's always yeah, sort of a fear the of the unknown yeah it's 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 the same like that and it's the same like uh impressionist paintings for example it was right. completely new and they were attacked and and you can find this through the whole history <laughs> also with old paintings so it was pretty new and everything what is new uh needs needs time that's strange but it is like it is what's the main issue that's limiting the expansion of media art do you think um the limit um, there is no limit and it's it's coming more and more also to art fairs and to a broader public um, I was uh, I initiated an art fair together with some some friends a couple of years ago and uh, it's called unpainted and it's still running by um, I and Benedict Rodenstock um, it was about really to promote digital art because there was a need and uh, I knew there was a need and I, I was artistic director and uh, with, with that it was very important for me to really to educate in this this field so what we did was um, to create an historical section to, to really show digital art it was created by Dan uh, um, Wolf Lieser who is specialized in um, plotted drawings then um, there was a normal gallery section uh, where galleries could present digital artworks. 
And there was transfer gallery, for example, bit forms, also the dam gallery and um, all from all over the world. Then we had a lot of workshops. We had a lot of discussions. We had panel discussions also with collectors and curators. And then um, there was this section with artists um, that represented themselves and that also could uh, interact with, with the galleries that have been there. And uh, this was very important because um, technology itself could be or can be is very impressive. But if we talk about art, it's it's going beyond just being technological. So it's it's much more. So you need a content, you need a concept, you need an oeuvre and, and so on. So it's yeah. really about trust then in the end. It's the idea that you can be educated and understand that this is a a field that artists are working with, but maybe not to get distracted by the flash of the technology. Yes, totally right. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that makes sense. And I could see it changing over time, too, as people become more aware of different collections and just see more digital art in people's houses, I guess, too. Yes, and, and the use of uh, digital devices we have in our daily life. So we using um, the smartphone uh, who is, that is controlling everything in our life, that is uh, collecting big data. And so we, we, we are controlled uh, totally from, from these uh, kind of technologies. And uh, so it's coming more and more normal uh, to us. So people understand more and more in the next generation anyway. So I asked my daughter, for example, recently uh, how she would buy her artworks. And, and she said, so, so I would buy it online. So that, that is totally clear, clear for her. Yeah, I don't know the actual data, but I assume that a lot of people would buy artwork without even seeing it sometimes in person nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, but this happens uh, since uh, very long. So, if, if you, for example, if you look at uh, the, the normal gallery market, so if, if you send a JPEG, for example, so uh, and you cannot see or you don't see the original, but you know the artist and you, uh, meanwhile, you can really zoom in and see the st structure and everything and you can make a decision without seeing it. So I, I'm doing this um, very regularly because I'm working as an as a uh, collection advisor, in, in, but more in the field of uh, fine art. So from Picasso over Monet, Warhol to, to Banksy. And uh, so, yeah, the, the sending of digital data and digital files is very normal. When you work as an art advisor, are you often convincing collectors to purchase works that they would otherwise shy away from? Or is it usually something that they come to you and say, I want this Picasso, can you tell me how to get it? Uh, in, in this, if, if you work in, in this um, field of art, you uh, have to, to check uh, many things because there are also many fakes uh, in, in, the, in the art world. So you have to be really pre precautious and to, to check the exhibition history. You have to know where it is coming from and you have to uh, secure the access. So uh, all what you need is, is a good uh, network, um, networking and to have the right context that you uh, even can... Uh, offer a piece like this and that you have a client a piece like this are there fakes in the digital art market 
Of course, <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> but what what shall I do with 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 a, a copy of a popcornpainting.com? I don't want this. It's it's the same like a Picasso painting. We don't want uh, fakes of Picasso. So we 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 really really want the the original painting. So the same with web pages. So I don't care if somebody is doing a popcorn painting too, number two, but I I would never buy it. So. This is, it's pretty the same. And do you display this work in your house? Like, do you actually have a bunch of digital work up right now where you are? Uh, yes, uh, different ones. Um, the last one I bought was from uh, Cory Archangel. Um, <clears throat> Cory Archangel, you, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, Cory Archangel does a lot of uh, software hacking, right? kind of known for Nintendo hacks and the Mario Clouds piece. Um, is that the piece that, one of the pieces you own or is it a different piece? Oh, I would love to have this one from, from, this, from this time, uh, Super Mario Cloud hacking uh, work um, with the old devices. Uh, I know some collectors who, who have it and I, I know they, they are very expensive. Uh, meanwhile, it's, I heard about more than one million and uh, it's very difficult to find. No, I, I have one of the lakes he made. And those are the pieces that Recently. are um, uh, screen based, and they almost have like a reflective quality. Can you can you describe it? How how does your piece look? Mm, I have one. There's one in the family collection, uh, which is um, which is a guitar, and I have one. Uh, it's it's a still from some uh, foods of a pretty girl. He also made uh, some some shoes of uh, Justin Bieber, for example. Mm. And maybe to explain for for the audience um, these kind of lakes, it's, uh, they have a, a Java applet uh, effect uh, popular in the 90s websites. It's half still and half moving and um, image. So it's on a screen and um, yeah. So it's it's very meditative, and he, he's he's using um, found footage, so images from the internet, and uh, yeah, you have to see it. It's very impressive. Yeah, maybe we can post a photo on the Instagram for <laughs> yeah. this podcast too. Uh, yeah. With that piece, when it's installed in your house, is it running all the time, or do you kind of turn it on and off when you have guests over? Just for people that don't collect media work, it's always interesting to think about how it how it lives in someone's space. Yeah, indeed, it's uh, it's it's turned off overnight. <laughs> I don't right. know why. Maybe I'm thinking about the energy, but yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's on. <laughs> yeah, but there are no stipulations it's, it's, in the contract with the artist. Like it has to be on all the time, or uh, it's at your discretion. Um, do we have to be online all the time? I don't think so. <laughs> so, but this is good on these kind of pieces because if you have a, a painting on the wall, so you have it all the time. If if you don't want to see it, you have to to rehang it, or I don't know what you have to do. So, a digital art piece you can switch off; and it's right. gone, and uh, yeah, you you have your calm, and you can use uh, the 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 empty um, wall. I don't know for what, but <laughs> yeah. For another thing. Are there really challenging pieces that you own to maintain over time? I mean, besides the popcorn piece, um, are there other pieces that are super difficult to, to maintain or difficult to install? No, not really. So, yeah, more with video works. 
and because uh, yeah so our, our online based works also also with websites so if if you don't have vlan because this this popcorn painting for example um or other web pages um you can you can um screen them on the wall but if if you don't have the the vlan so it doesn't work <laughs> you have <laughs> right. nothing there and um yeah with video works so if uh, if you sometimes there are problems with the devices or the soft lay, software upload uh, takes too long and there are some errors and uh, yeah but you know these kind of problems and uh, it's no problem so i can live with it <laughs> you seem like you're very accommodating <laughs> as a collector it's it's nice to talk yeah. to somebody uh, i think there's always a bit of a fear for me at least sometimes with collectors because you know you're making this work this digital work and you install it and you want to, you know, provide the best experience for collectors. And, you know, uh, some artists have the history and the resources to do that. And some are brand new and they don't necessarily know how to make something last for a collector. You know, I see that a lot, even in my students, when I teach them how to preserve mm -hmm. works or build something to last, you know, it's difficult with digital work, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's ephemeral anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, if if we don't have energy anymore and it could happen, you never know. So all people, uh, all works are gone. So <laughs> that, that it is what it is. <laughs> but that doesn't bother you at all. Uh, no, I'm I'm not um, I'm not uh, this kind of um, obsessed of, of materialized things. So uh, no, it's my head. And it's what, like a like a performance. Uh, it's it, it it it's in my head. So even it wouldn't be there. It's still in my head. So this is also very good. Do you own any performance pieces? No. And no. Is it for a specific reason, or would you be open to it? Uh, yes, it's, it's it's interesting. But if I really think about, there's one piece. It 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 was a performance, but it's in a room installation. Uh, meanwhile, it's work by by young artist Nico Abramidis. He's Greek, and it was his diploma work, um, which I I I saw. And uh, it's called Three Thousand Years Agenda. And it was indeed a performance in in the academy. It was he himself in a uniform of a businessman work, working in a room installation um, that uh, was uh, in an office situation. And uh, the work um, consists still of this business suite and also the investor shoes. And it, it's a digital desk, um, which is a table with a flat screen showing the business world. And um, there's also a little notebook with sketches by the artist. There's a min miniature pair of uh, compasses. And then an Anubis sculpture, you know, this uh, Egypt god of mm -hmm. death. And uh, the artist is totally obsessed from the business world. It's about um, innovative investment concepts. It's about uh, contemporary creative strategies. It's... Uh, also, art as shares, um, products based on pressure, appointments, agendas. So it wasn't <laughs> a performance, but it's it's now a room installation, and I use it in my in my, my office. <laughs> so you think about uh, death when you're in the office all the time? <laughs> no, but I use a, a table and a chair. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but when you purchase this yeah. work, it was a performance, but it doesn't 
come with any sort of performance documentation or i mean obviously yes he's well organized so he he's working he's working as a businessman uh in a business world uh in a in a real office and uh yes it's well structured so there is a certificate and a description of the whole installation and um well done and are you allowed to restage that performance with a different person I wouldn't do this, no. <laughs> Only with the artist himself, and uh, no. So the artist I, would come I, to your house to do the performance at some point, maybe. Yes, he he would, and I. So the the for example, it's it's like the boys, uh, sweet uh, sweet. Um, it's it's hanging uh, beside the installation, and also also the shoes are standing there beside the installation. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he's still an, there. There's an ephemera <laughs> part of this as well. Yeah. Yeah. What are the wishes for the for your the future of your collection? Like, have you thought about where all this artwork's going to go in the future? Uh, oh, I I haven't thought about this. <laughs> no, it's, so it's, it's there's the next next generation uh, who maybe is happy about these kind of works. And uh, I'm I'm not this big collector. I'm I, I would say I'm a, I'm a little collector. I'm I'm pretty interested in it and in it's growing. And I have um, uh, yeah some artists I, I really adore uh, like Aram Bartol, for example and Jeremy Shaw. I have works by Anna Kruitov and um, also um, an app by Miguel Chevalier and uh, there is a one plotter drawing by Frida Nake and uh, yeah but it's it's growing more and more and uh, we will see <laughs> yes what do, what do you think the it is of- no it's it's the point of the, the question is how how when when do you start to be a collector so it is like this that some pieces are in storage meanwhile because uh, the wall is <laughs> limited yeah and uh, yeah we will see what it will be in 20 years i don't know yeah i'm very curious to see how this collection grows um <laughs> yeah. wh- what about for other collectors like with digital work i know that you you deal with blockchain quite a bit um how do you, and you lecture about blockchain? Is that correct? Uh, yes, this was a lecture for for bankers. Uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you gave a lecture to bankers about blockchain or about blockchain and art mm, collection. It was about the digital art market and digital art and history of digital art. Um, also with with blockchain and uh, token. Uh, explanations and of course we have this in 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 the uh, art world as well and uh, so the blockchain is, is in discussion it's a very uh, sexy discussion right now and it, it's about uh, how to make the the art market more transparent because it's always about the question of transparency and uh, so it, it's the question about the use of um, blockchain technology uh, to document um works or the art market or the provenance for example um the use of uh, or to use it as for the transformance um of or tra- of of money of course and uh token as a kind of um buying fractions of of an art piece and uh, in a group and to use bitcoins as currency and uh, yeah, it was quite interesting and exciting because bankers, of course, they have different questions. And I was also talking about 
collecting web pages, for example. And the first question was how to earn money with, with it. And uh, it's more, it was more a kind of in, investment thinking. <laughs> and did the, yeah. by the end of it, did the, all these bankers want to purchase artwork? Uh, could be. So <laughs> I, I showed them some works, and uh, yeah, it's it's all about um, numbers. Hmm. So they're, they're, <laughs> if, they they want to buy for gain in the end, like to resell the work. That's, that was the thinking behind, of course. Yeah. Do you ever think that when I, you purchase the work, or are you completely interested in the relationship you're going to have with that work yourself? Uh, this is the first, um, the first aim, but of course, why not? So it's, it's, uh, in, in the back of my head that, uh, I'm, if, if I'm spending money, so I also, why not? I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, the return because I believe in, in the artist and, um, yeah, there, there's a, a value and there's a growing value, but it's, it's not the first purpose. Is there a work of art that you wish you would own if there was, you know, if the price didn't matter at all? Is there like one piece you've been thinking about forever? Mm, in, in, in the way of digital art or? I guess in any, <laughs> altogether, any work. Yeah, altogether. What I really liked is this uh, piece by, by Banksy that was uh, shredded at, at the auction. Uh, the Sotheby's, it's, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a piece of history mm. <laughs> that is really great and it doubled its value in a short time so I, it it was bought for 1.2 million and uh, i i heard about i don't know if it's true but i, I think it's true uh, that it was sold uh, for 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 the double or more i don't know yeah i haven't heard who actually purchased that piece it had such so much yeah. media hype at the time yeah um and what what advice would you give to a young artist, maybe a digital media artist who's interested in selling work, but also just interested in making work? Is there something from a collector's perspective that you would advise? Mm, I would definitely advise uh, social media platforms like Instagram. Instagram, you know, it overtook Facebook and uh, it has more than 1 billion monthly active users. And... Um, yeah, it's it's also used for purchasing artworks. And if you look at, uh, we were talking about Banksy or also Calves. Mm, Calves, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, so he, he got famous because of his uh, internet followers uh, also. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can you promote yourself. This is different uh, from earlier times. So there is... Uh, this possibility and you can contact um, a group of collectors or also art lovers and interested people in your work uh, through um, direct messages. This is possible. And uh, yeah, there are some platforms you, you can use and, but the A and O is always um, to still to have a room and to show your work because um, you need this um, in interaction with art and it's good to, to do it in a physical space. If, if you look back, for example, um, to this platform um, Second Life, you remember? Yeah, of course. Um, it didn't survive. And I, I was thinking, because I started psychology as well, um, I was thinking about um, why why 
why did did it not work and um it is because maybe it was too anonymous so there were these avatars and you can you could choose an avatar but the con conversation was with the sound of of the keyboard um, ticking and it was a kind of weird situation it was very calm and uh, it was strange so uh And also there was this uh, whip art fair. I don't know, it, it's a couple of years ago. It was well done and well promoted. And uh, it was the first digital art fair. And uh, it uh, there, there, there was no repetition and people didn't like it at, at the end because you need this... Um, physical and haptical feeling you need you need the conversation you you need um this um interaction and and talk and discussion with other people and this this is missing if you use only the the internet so you need you need yeah we so you still need relationships everything. it seems yeah. like art is all yes. about relationships in the end yeah That's great. Well, yes. thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, before we go, I have some rapid fire questions for you. This is what we do at the end of every state of the art episode. Uh, they're questions that maybe aren't even about art collecting, <laughs> but they're a good way to get to know you a little bit more. Um, okay. So here we go. The first thing that comes to your mind, that's what we're looking for here. Do you have any other collections outside of art? Um, stone collection. Yes. Stones? <laughs> what, what kind of stones do you collect? Uh, stones from the beaches, yeah. So like, I like from stones. vacations, you bring, but back not different... too much because you know I, I don't want to have too much. Right? <laughs> How many stones some, do you some have? Very right special now? Some very special. Some the one stone I have it was uh, from Scotland, and uh, it's pretty pretty heavy and pretty big. And so, but uh, I took it in my suitcase. Um, it was 20 years ago, but I still have it. I'm picturing you with like a boulder in the airport. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like 100 pound <laughs> rock. Um, yes. All right. And that, what is your favorite um, or your go to karaoke song? <laughs> The favorite one, uh, Kesara. <laughs> all right. Of course. You know, you remember. We have done Korean karaoke it's, together. It's really, it, it makes you free. It, it, it's, <laughs> it freedoms. I, I would suggest everybody to do karaoke. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, where is your favorite place to be in the world? Uh, in my mind. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good place to end, too. So, uh, Dr. Annette yeah, Doms, okay. thank you so much for being on State of the Art. Um, thank you. Where can we find more information about you? Uh, I have several pages. No, I, there, there is my um, business page. It's icaa.ac. It's uh, independent contemporary art advisor.ac. Then I have uh, anettedoms.net. It's a blog page about about the subject we we were talking about. And uh, then I have the artboard page. Um, it's uh, the uh, an art prize uh, I, I support since many years. Great. Well, we'll link to those also in our social media. Yeah, there's of course there's Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Xing, Facebook, everything. All right. Yeah, we'll put all, We the, all the social stuff. <laughs> well, yes. thank you, thank you, Annette. Uh, and for State of the Art, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on State of the Art. I'm Gabe BC. You can find me at Gabe BC on pretty much every social media. State of the Art is an at-art production originally created by Ethan Appleby 
Vanessa Wilson is our producer and the person that I pester all the time. Uh, Weston Stevens is our audio uh, editor extraordinaire. I'll probably edit this at some point. I'll see you next week. <laughs>